Today on the show, we'll talk about the MLB eyeing May return, Dana White buys private island for UFC fights, Obi Toppin wins Wooden Award, and much more. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at 7-Eleven underscore sports podcast, or check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Obi Topman of Dayton wins the Wooden Award. He won the AP, Naismith, Atlantic 10 Player of the Year, and now the Wooden. Topman beat out Iowa's Luca Garza for the award. He averaged 20 points, 7 rebounds, and led the Flyers to a 29-2 record. They won the Atlantic 10 Season Championship. They would have likely been a number one seed in the tournament this year. Topman declared for the NBA Draft two weeks ago. He will likely be a late lottery pick. A few weeks ago on the show, I said the Warriors were interested in him. The Bulls and Patriots also are showing interest in Toppin. He is an athletic 6'9'4 that can jump out of the gym. He was interested in participating in the college basketball dunk contest before it got canceled. He was going to be the favorite to win it. Not many fans knew about Toppin unless you were a fan of the Flyers. However, once this season started, fans everywhere knew who he was. There were reports last year he tried to declare for the NBA draft but decided to stay because he liked Dayton. He said the college atmosphere is great and playing basketball at Dayton was a dream come true. He hopes to make Flyers fans proud in the NBA. According to most experts, he will be at all the top scouting combines in the late summer. For the first time since 2014, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have unveiled new uniforms. The uniforms are similar to their old look back when they won Super Bowl 37. However, many fans wanted the return of the creamsicle jersey back. They wore those from 1976 to 1977. With the new rules in the NFL that a team must wear the same uniforms for five years, the Buccaneers waited till this year to unveil the new ones. When they released the uniforms back in 2014, most people did not like them. They said there was too much going on with the jersey and the helmet was hot trash. So last year, the Buccaneers organization announced that they were going to change jerseys. They went back with their old ones when they had the most success in franchise history. As of now, on Twitter, most fans' reactions are mixed. When Tampa Bay became an NFL franchise in 1976, they wore orange creamsicle jerseys. Even though people made fun of them, but the Buccaneers fans loved them. Unfortunately for the Buccaneers, they were 0-14 in the first year. They continued to be bad in the 70s through the 90s. It all changed when Tony Dungy became the head coach of the team. In Dungy's first season as head coach, he was 6-10. However, most fans thought this was the turning of the corner for the struggling franchise. In his second season, he led the Buccaneers to the playoffs. In 1999, the Buccaneers won the first division since 1992. He would lead them to the playoffs in 2000 and 2001, only to get beat by the Eagles both times. He was fired after the 2001 season and is the only Buccaneers coach in franchise history to ever get fired after making the playoffs. Tampa Bay traded for Oakland Raiders head coach John Gruden. In his first season, he led the Buccaneers to their first Super Bowl ever when they defeated Gruden's old Raider team in a smackdown. The Buccaneers have yet to reach Super Bowl since then. Tampa Bay has struggled the last few years, but with the addition of six-time Super Bowl champion Tom Brady, they can finally compete again. They have two strong receivers in Mike Evans and Marquise Godwin, two solid tight ends in O.J. Howard and Cameron Braid. Bruce Arians is in his second season and loves to sling the ball. Their pass rush was in the top five in the league last season, They still have to work on their offensive line and secondary, but they can work on those things this offseason. They have the 14th pick in this year's draft. 
Before we dive into some more awesome sports topics, I'd like to tell you about Anchor. If you haven't heard anything about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Can't go wrong with that. And guess what? There's even creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. That's not all, though. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It keeps on getting better, though. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, let's get back to the show. Dana White says UFC 249 will take place on a private island. Dana White has been adamant since day one of the coronavirus that he was going to go through with UFC 249. We hoped for Khabib versus Tony Ferguson, but we are still getting the next big thing. Yesterday, he announced that Ferguson would fight Justin Gagey, but he was very vague with the location. Somewhere on planet Earth, he said. Jeff Sherwood, an independent MMA reporter, came on Twitter earlier yesterday evening to announce the fight was going to take place on an Indian reservation in California. Just the day before, Dana White said he was going to host the event on a private island. However, this was just probably a tactic to draw the attention of reporters while he worked out the details for an Indian reservation. Specifically, the fight will take place at the Tachi Palace Casino Resort, known for hosting MMA fights. Dana White is able to host this UFC 249 here because the Indian Reservation is not subject to federal laws and regulations. The California State Athletic Commission will not be regulating this event. Even though public officials are not condoning this, Dana White says that he has to bring UFC to the fans for their mental health. White says health and safety is something we worry about all the time, not just during the coronavirus. You keep people in their houses for too long without entertainment, people are going to start to lose their mind. And we need to figure out solutions. That's what we're doing. We're going to keep everyone safe and we're going to think, pull this thing off. The fight is set to take place on April 18th and will be airing in front of an empty arena on ESPN Plus and pay-per-view. Former Eagles legend Timmy Brown passed away this Saturday due to dementia. Brown played for the Eagles from 1960 to 1967. He played a total of 10 seasons in the NFL with the Packers, Eagles, and Colts. He was a running back and a kick returner. After he retired from football in 1968, he became an actor and singer. He appeared in many shows and movies over the years. Brown still holds many Eagles franchise records. He helped lead Philadelphia to two championships in 1960 and 1963. He was a three-time Pro Bowler and has the record for the longest kickoff run in Eagles franchise history with 105 yards. Timmy Brown led the league twice in all-purpose yards in 62 and 63. He also led the NFL in kick returns in 1961 and 1963. He scored his final touchdown as a member of the Baltimore Colts in 1968 in the NFL Championship game. Two weeks later, he played his final game in Super Bowl III. His debut as an actor came in the show The Wild Wild West in 1967. The episode was called The Night of the Bubbling Death. He played as a character named Clint Cartwheel. Brown did some acting while he was playing football. However, he became full-time after his retirement in 68. He played as a doctor in the show MASH in the first season in 1970. His other big roles were movies like Sweet Sugar, Black Gun, Bonnie's Kids, Girls Are For Loving, Dynamite Brothers, Nashville, Zebra Force, and Black Heat. Brown was also a successful musician. Some of his songs appeared on the hit movie, Nashville.
The world of boxing is also looking to get a fight in soon. Following UFC's move to continue with pay-per-view events during this time, people in the world of boxing are also looking to get on the action. IBF, WBA, WBO heavyweight champion Anthony Joshua was scheduled to fight Kabrut Pulov on June 20th in England. However, it was postponed because of concerns about the coronavirus. Pulov's promoters want to move it up, though. Looking to get on some of the action, they are hoping for a lucrative match while still maintaining health and safety protocols. Ideally, they would move it. They would move it sometime in May when more of the restrictions are removed. The challenger's promoter for the event, John Wirt, said the truth is that soccer is being played in stadiums in Europe. The WWE has pay-per-view events last weekend in the United States. The German Soccer League announced their plans to start soccer soon, and Major League Baseball has discussed plans to hold a modified season in Arizona. Obviously, he's trying to make a counter-argument for people who think that they are not taking the proper health and safety concerns. His co-promoter, Ivy Lowe Gustavez, said safety is our number one priority and it's now time to separate the boys from the men. The show must go on. People need entertainment and sports especially. Just like Netflix, sports is an essential service because we need to keep people from worrying themselves sick over the virus. While these promoters are obviously trying their hardest to take advantage of the situation, it's really up to Anthony and Joshua if they were to work to schedule a fight sooner rather than later. Despite the coronavirus, the WWE went ahead and hosted the WrestleMania 36 at their facilities in Orlando, Florida. Originally, they had planned to have their largest event of the year in the NFL Raymond James Stadium, but because of rules on public gatherings, they had to adapt. Though there were no fans in the stadium, the fights generated quite a bit of excitement. To start things off, NFL legend Rob Gronkowski hosted the event with his friend Mojo Rally. Then he walked away from the event with a 24-7 championship belt. Get into real fighting, though. Fan favorite The Undertaker took on AJ Styles. It was awkwardly corny, but at the same time exciting. But at the end, Styles was buried by The Undertaker. John Cena took on his friend Brady Wyatt in a Firefly Funhouse match. The fight portrayed a nightmare, one very much similar to this coronavirus pandemic. Unfortunately, everybody's favorite John Cena was trapped in a mandible claw and was soon pinned. For the grand finale and the WWE Championship, Brock Lesnar took on Drew McIntyre. He was short, but McIntyre threw for Clay Moore to take down Lesnar. While the ratings are unknown for WrestleMania, Monday's WWE Raw episode saw an increased viewership with an average of 2.1 million viewers. Major League Baseball is looking to return in May. Opening day was intended to start on March 26th. However, because of the coronavirus outbreak, they had to postpone. According to sources, the league wants to start as soon as possible and is looking to starting the season sometime in May with no fans in Arizona. There have been many analysts that think this is a bad idea because there would be too many players around each other who could be really sick. The MLB likely will start in June, but this is just a leak. Analysts have also said that baseball should just wait and play it out. One of the officials for the MLB has stated that they probably won't play a full 182-game, or excuse me, 162-game season this year. Another rumor is that the World Series could be played in late November or December, but Major League Baseball would need to talk to the MLBPA first before they could start the season. Both Korean baseball leagues are continuing to play despite the pandemic. Some have said that they are still playing because the league could fold if they suspend the season. Most baseball players currently are quarantined to their home and trying to find ways to work out. If the MLB hadn't been suspended, 
they would have already been two weeks into the season. Before the MLB was shut down, there were many predictions about the season. The Dodgers have been making many moves this offseason, acquiring 2018 AL MVP Mookie Betts from the Red Sox. LA already had two MVPs on the roster, playing Kershaw and recently crowned NL MVP Cody Bellinger. There were many expectations that the Dodgers could finally get over the hump and win their first World Series in 32 years. Unfortunately for the Dodgers fans, they will have to wait some more. LA last year lost in the NLDS against the Nationals in five games. They led the series 2-1 and even had a 3-1 lead going into the top of the seventh versus the Nationals. This is where it gets bad. Walter Buehler was playing excellent but was getting tired, so manager Dave Roberts called him in for in favor of former two-time Cy Young Award winner Clayton Kershaw. Kershaw had been known to choke in the postseason. The fears of Clayton Kershaw in the playoffs came true. Despite retiring the side, Clayton Kershaw allowed back-to-back homers from Washington. He allowed another run in the same inning, giving the Nationals their first lead in the game 4-3. The Nationals went on to upset the Astros in the 2019 World Series. So as you can see, Dodgers fans wanted to raise every memory from last year's playoffs. If the season does return, the LA Dodgers will be heavily favored to win the NL and possibly the whole thing. Thanks for listening to the 7-Eleven Sports Podcast, your top seven sports stories of the day in just 11 minutes.